Welcome to this Sunday message for Sunday the 10th of July 2022. The title of this message is In My Name. In My Name. We've probably heard a lot of teaching on the name, all of which is really important. It is a vast subject, but I'd like to just focus on one particular aspect of it this morning. But let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to rightly divide your word. And may your word bring forth fruit in accordance with your promise that your word shall not return void, but shall accomplish that for which it has been sent. We thank you for that, Father, in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 11 to 16. That's the Gospel of John 14, 11 to 16. The Lord says the following. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. He's referring to all the miracles he's performed. Then he goes on to say these very, very powerful words. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Amen. Praise God. Do you see those powerful words? He's speaking about those who believe in him. I assume that you and I believe in him. We wouldn't be Christians if we did not. That's the only way you and I can become a Christian, faith in him. So let's assume that we are in him, and these words, therefore, would be directed directly to us. Down the centuries, having been recorded by the disciple John, this is what he says to us. Most assuredly, in other words, emphasis, this is definitely going to happen. This is how it is. There's no argument. All right? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, 
that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Well, if you stop and consider that, it's a massive, massive promise. I don't think you and I will be able to grasp the fullness of it in our lifetime. He's already said, the things I do, chicken feed compared with what you're going to do, basically. And if you look what he did, oh my soul, I'd be quite happy to do one-tenth of what he did. But you see, he makes a promise. There's more, there's more. There's always brothers and sisters in Christ. One thing we need to grasp, there's always more. It doesn't matter where you and I are at. There's always more. God speaks in superlatives, anything, whatever. There's always more. We mustn't be complacent with where we are. But you see, the question is, what do we do about it? Well, he makes this statement. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You see that? If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've done that in the past. I've asked in the name. And very often, to be honest, nothing's happened. Also, I couldn't see anything happening. Now, the point I really want to drive home to us this morning is the fact that just saying in his name, almost using his name like a magic word, will not do the trick. It's not what this is about. In my name means a lot, lot more than that. And we need to understand what it actually means. Let me just say here that as a church, we like to use the name Yeshua, as many of you know. We've got very good reasons for that. We're not dogmatic about it. We have done an extensive teaching on the subject. One can't be dogmatic. Nobody was around that is alive today at the time of his birth. But for sure, the name Jesus wasn't around. That only came about 250 years ago. And Christ. His name has been in the earth for 2,000 years. And if you look at the scriptures and if you look at the Hebrew and the Greek, and for a whole lot of reasons, logical and spiritual, the better name to use is the name Yeshua. Now, once again, let me just say, we're not dogmatic. In our church, you're welcome to use the name Jesus. We use it very often. I use it very often when we're dealing with people that won't understand the name Yeshua. It's a bit of a bridge too far for them at the time. All the same, we just would like to preferably use the name Yeshua for many reasons which I can't go into now. But let me just say this. Even if you and I use the name Yeshua and think, oh my soul, we're using the real name, that doesn't mean that automatically things happen like a magic formula. Can I just add that there is a teaching which is known as Jewish roots. People in our society and throughout the ages have always hankered to go back to the roots of the Jewish religion, introduce the laws again. We do not subscribe to that. The reason I'm mentioning that is because people who ascribe to the Jewish roots theology also use the name Yeshua. And what's happened in the past is we've been lumped together with them. So please don't make that mistake. Whatever we do in our church, we do it for very good reason that we can find, that we can trace in the Word of God. So please, let's just accept that. We prefer to use the name Yeshua. 
although many use the name Jesus, and that's fine. But let me just say this. Even if you use what you think is the more appropriate name, whatever name that you use appropriately, it doesn't make a difference in the sense of if you use it as a magic formula. It's not a magic formula. Faith is not a magic formula, almost like abracadabra. Use the name and everything will turn out right. No, there's more to it than that. And people in the Bible have made that mistake. Let's just go to Acts chapter 19. Quite a humorous passage of scripture, I find, but very informative. Acts 19. And we're going to read from verse 11. All right. Acts chapter 19 from verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. All right, so this great power was emanating from the apostle. Even his clothes had the anointing on them, and when they were laid on people who were sick, they were healed and demons left them. Right, now listen to this. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, okay, itinerant means they traveled around, Exorcists means they were ghostbusters, right? So a band of Jewish traveling ghostbusters took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. All right, so they used the name. They used the name. They saw Paul doing it. They thought, well, let's get onto the bandwagon and use this magic name. But lo and behold, this is what happens. It says also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And, listen to this, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? I always say it like this. In a sense they said, who in the hell are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. All right. This became known amongst Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Now you see what happened here. These people tried to use the name like a magic formula, and it didn't work. In fact, it backfired on them rather terribly. All right, they learned a terrible lesson. You see, that spirit said, Yeshua, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? You see? They were operating with the name very superficially. And can I just say that? Very often we as Christians run around using the name Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We pray for somebody sick, repeat it about 50 times, hoping that somehow the scripture will jump into action. Well, it can jump into action, Right? He said that whatever you ask in my name, I will do it for you. He will never lie. What we have to understand is how the name is applied. And can I just say that, as in all things in the word of God, it's a process. We develop these things. We develop into them. Faith grows. Faith grows. It doesn't just suddenly happen. It has to be developed, you see. And can I just say this? Our use of the name is very similar. 
it needs to be developed. There are certain things we have to learn about it, understand for it to work for us, or rather for him to work for us, because it's his name. Now, the first thing I need to just make a note of is, number one, you see, this spirit said, I know, Paul, I know, Yeshua. In the spirit world, these people were known, but they didn't know these spirits, these exorcists, because they weren't in the same league at all, you see. Now, when a spirit says, I know, it speaks about relationship. Paul used the name of a person whom he had a relationship with. Can you see that? It wasn't just a name that he used willy-nilly, so to speak. There was a personal connection. In a sense, because of this personal connection he had with the Lord Yeshua, when he used his name, there was an understanding of who it was, who he was invoking into the situation. Amen. So first of all, you and I cannot use the name Yeshua or Jesus, as the case may be, without having an intimate relationship with the person that carries that name. And as in all relationships, relationships grow. We need to be continually, as we've said so many times before, developing our relationship with him. As we develop our relationship with him, his name in our mouth becomes more powerful. Does that make sense? We have an intimate knowledge of whom we are speaking about, who it is that we are representing. Amen. Now, the next thing I need to mention is this, that to use the name effectively, we have to, have to, have to, have cultivated and be cultivating a respect for that name. A respect for that name. Let's just look at Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi 4, verse 1, 2, 3. So it's Malachi chapter 4, and we're going to be reading verse 1 to 3. But behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts that will leave them neither root nor branch. Now listen to this. But to those who fear my name. You see that? To those who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out and grow like fat, like stool-fed calves. It goes on to say you shall trample on the wicked, etc., etc. But you see, this promise applies to those who fear his name. Now that fear isn't being so terrified that you're scared to use it. That's a mistake I think that the Israel nation made. They so revered the name they didn't use it. It's like having an atomic bomb at your disposal, but because you're so scared of it you don't use it. Well that's a good reason not to use an atomic bomb, but we have something more powerful than an atomic bomb, but it will only do harm to those whom harm is due. Amen. It will do a lot of good. But we mustn't be scared of it. The Israel nation was scared of the name. They didn't use it. That's why it fell into disuse. 
the name of God, Yahweh. You see? So you see, we are now required to use that name. It's a command. Use my name. You see, I've given you my name to be used. But at the same time, let's not lose respect for the name. What I'm saying in its extreme form, you can't expect to go around using the name as a swear word, which so many people unfortunately do. So many people do. And then use the name to invoke God's power the next day. You can't do that. You can't do that. We have to cultivate a healthy respect, not just for the name, but the person whom that name represents, you see. The two go hand in hand. He's not here, but his name is here. And in our hearts, respect for him would mean that we respect his name. And when we respect his name, his name will work because of that fear. You know the Lord's Prayer. What does it say? Our Father, which art in heaven. Remember the Lord instructed us to pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Can you see that? Hallowed be thy name. When I pray that prayer, this is how I pray it. I say, Father God, may I have such a respect for your name that I won't do anything that will bring disrepute to your name. You see that? May your name be treasured so much in my heart that I won't do anything that will bring your name into disrepute. See, that's hallowing his name, having a high regard and respect for his name. You see, and as you and I cultivate that, it's something that grows. When I first started as a Christian, I was one of the worst culprits for using the name in vain. It didn't just suddenly stop. But you see, as I gradually realized the name I was speaking, I became a lot more cautious about it. Amen. I grew. And you see, there's no limit to how you and I can grow in our respect for his name. Once again, it's tied up with respect for him. As you know more about him, so our respect for his name and who he is, what he represents, should grow. Like many others, with wonder, I look at the new photographs from the James Webb Telescope out into deep space. And it's beyond mind-boggling to see how many galaxy upon galaxy upon galaxy that's just out there. And it just speaks to me one thing. We haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue of the vastness of Almighty God. It's just too much in a way. It's awesome. But you see, that all is represented by his name. And as you and I start to contemplate on these things, look at the heavens as the Bible speaks about. You see, we meditate on these things and his name becomes more precious. Awesome. And as you and I develop that, that power becomes available when we speak that name. Amen. That power becomes available. Closely tied to this, please, it's, these are all interrelated. It's not like different compartments. But very closely related to this is faith in the name. Faith in the name. You see, our faith in what the name is, his name can do, or what he can do when we use his name, is something, once again, that we can cultivate. It does grow. Faith grows. Faith comes by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes, that word erchamah can also be translated, grows, develops, you see, as we focus on the word of God. But you see, we have to develop our faith in the name. Let's read another scripture. Let's go to Acts 3, 11 to 16. Acts 3, 11 to 16. You might recall that wonderful miracle, Peter and John going up to the temple as they often did to pray. And there's the man, lame from birth, sitting at the gate, beautiful. Now they passed him many a time, but eventually they saw this man. And well, let's take it from first one. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, alms being begging, right? Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Right now, they all knew this man, so they all rushed to the scene to find out what was going on. And Peter takes this as an opportunity to preach to them. So, when this is verse 12, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us, as though by your own power or godliness we made this man walk? Can you see that? He deflects any attention from themselves to God. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant, Yeshua, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. He really sticks it to them. But anyway, and his name, now notice this, through faith, in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Can you see this? The name, but not just the name, faith in that name. Amen. You see, as you and I develop our faith in the name, we can expect the name when used correctly, to achieve great things. Faith developing is, in a sense, like gaining confidence in something. I use the illustration of getting a new cell phone. I don't know about you, but that's very traumatizing for me, being as unwoke as I am. A new phone means for quite a period of time you've got to fool around wipe out a whole lot of stuff, push the wrong buttons, get frustrated, want to throw it against the wall, etc., etc. And you always long for your old phone 
which did this and that and the other, and you knew how it worked. Now, the truth of the matter is, as you and I persist with a new phone, what happens? We gain confidence in it. Amen. We start to realize, no, that's what you do. This is how it works. Oh, my soul, this can do that. Wow, I never knew that. And etc. We develop a confidence in the phone and we come to the place where, no, I'm not going to get a new one. I'm quite happy. Thank you very much. You understand? Well, in a sense, using the things of God is like that. At first, it might feel a bit awkward or we don't really have much faith in it. But as we develop, you see, and that's a process of studying the name, studying him, all these things we've spoken about, but also using it. You see, as you and I start to step out using the name, giving it due deference, respect, not just banding it around like a magic formula, we'll start to see things happen. Amen. To the extent that the more we see things happen, the greater our faith in the power of that name develops. You see, and as we learn not to use our mouths with frivolous talk, and we speak pointedly, with purpose every time we open our mouths, we develop faith in what we say. Faith in what we say in general, and faith when we speak the name. You see, and as our faith in the name develops, when we come to a situation, we don't feel the need to say the name, the name, the name, in the name, in the name, repeated about 50 times, hoping that maybe once we'll get it right. That demonstrates lack of faith in the name, actually. It's much better to focus on God and decide to use his name and pray a simple prayer. Simple prayers generally get the job done. Simple prayers filled with faith and respect get the job done. Amen. The next thing I need you to say about using the name, it's also this business of consistency. Let's go to Mark 9, 38 to 40. Mark 9, 38 to 40. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow us. But Yeshua said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, assured I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So here we have an example of a man, in a sense like the sons of Sceva, also going about doing these miracles. He saw the disciples and Christ doing these miracles. He thought, oh, well, I'll do it myself. And it worked. You see, it worked. What was the difference? Well, you see, that same man didn't use the name without understanding who it was that he was speaking about. No one used my name and has great miracles, will speak badly of me. Amen. He didn't just use the name and then frivolously use it as a swear word. And you get the gist. It meant something to him. He saw 
that it meant something to the disciples. And obviously he picked that up. And he was on the right side. He wasn't working for the occultic world. He was on the right side. He was a Christ follower. Even though he didn't associate, he was obviously a follower. Because that's what Christ said of him. Who is with us is on our side. You see? But he used the name and found that it worked. He developed faith in the name because his heart was right, you see. He wanted to help people. And that's really the heart of this whole thing. One other thing I need to mention is that scholars will tell us that when you speak in somebody's name, you also carry the integrity of that name. In other words, when you and I have the name at our disposal and we use it, we are not just implying the person, we are implying everything that person stands for, his integrity, his power, you see. And we need to be worthy vessels of that. You see, if you and I are messengers that do not represent the name ourselves, the Bible speaks of that sort of messenger as a broken tooth. You bite on it and it brings pain. It doesn't work. You see, we need to understand that when we use his name, we're not just using his name, we are representing him. That's something that our faith needs to develop in. When you go to the robots, or sorry, when the robots are not working rather, there is a traffic attendant, as it were. He stands there, raises his hands, and everybody stops. Big trucks stop. Now, in his own power, he would not be able to stop a big truck. That truck would ride over him and flatten him. But why does the truck driver stop? Well, because the man is dressed in the uniform of the authorities, you see, of the municipality or whatever, the police. Because he's dressed, he's wearing, in a sense, the name. Can you get it? He's representing the authorities by his dress code. That is like his name. The name of the authorities. In the British Empire, as it was, still is in certain parts of the world, on their vehicles, the registration was OHMS, on his or her majesty's service, you see. So a vehicle who had OHMS and a number on it, you knew that was part of the government, you see. That was part of the authority structure. So obviously you should have more respect for those vehicles. But you see, they carried the name, in a sense. The vehicle wasn't any different from any other Jeep or Land Rover, maybe the colouring was, but it was no different, except for the fact that it was now representing something much bigger than an individual or a company. Do you grasp it? So you see, when you and I use the name, we're not just using a name. The power in the name comes from the authority that we have by using that name. And the Lord has given us his name. What he said to us is, I've given you my authority on the earth. Go and use it. Go and cast out demons. Go and heal the sick. Go and spread the gospel in my name, on my authority. You see? And if you think about it that way, when you and I invoke the name of Yeshua, we are not just invoking a name, we are invoking the authority of Almighty God. Amen. You see, and that's when it works. But you see, what does it take? You and I, in our heart of hearts, have to have cultivated 
an understanding of that authority which we have. It's not something that you and I can fake. It's not. Very often I see people using the name of Jesus or even the name of Yeshua, but they don't have any authority. You realize their faith has not been developed in the authority that is theirs in Christ. And so I just want to leave us with that thought. You see, the name is extremely powerful. But it's not just a magic formula. It's not because by magic, if we use the name, it's going to work. No, it means a lot more than that. There's more depth to it. And you see, the depth lies in your and my understanding. Our fear for the name, our respect for the name, our understanding of the authority that has been given to us by that name. And as you and I walk in that authority from day to day, in the integrity of the name, in a conscious awareness of whom it is that we serve, when we come into a situation where there's need for healing or deliverance or whatever it is, when you and I carry that authority as children of God, and that authority is already on us, when we use his name, the power is released. I trust this will bless us all in his mighty name. Father God, thank you for your name. Thank you that you've given us your name. May we people who are responsible with your name, may we cultivate our relationship with you, our awareness of you, our awareness of the authority we have in you, our fear for your name, our respect for your name. May we hallow your name, O Lord. And may we use your name to extend your kingdom wherever we go. In his mighty name. Amen.